coffee because I just flew in from Albany this morning and Kleenex because this is my last Sunday here, so really. <laughs> um, so this, yeah, this is my last Sunday. I'll be moving to Albany, New York um, on Friday. And I was just there this weekend finding a place to stay, um, which is good because that's like in four days. Um, so Nate asked me to speak a little bit about why I'm moving um, and what called me. And I couldn't tell that story without explaining what's been happening over the last year. And in the context of fresh bread, um, this memory came to mind. When I was a little kid, my mom taught me how to make bread. And so I'd climb up on my stool, and she would never give me specific measurements or specific instructions. She would always lead with very gentle guidance. And she'd say, okay, now we get some yeast and some sugar and some very warm water, but not too hot, and some flour and just more flour until it's right. And then we'd knead it by hand until it was just elastic enough, and I would want to wring her neck. I'm like, mom, just tell me how many tablespoons. Just tell me how many cups. And she would never tell me, probably because she didn't know. But uh, she would always tell me when to stop um, or she wouldn't, and she'd let me figure it out, and I'd lose the loaf of bread, but I'd learn really well. So over the last year, um, God has been providing that same gentle instruction and gentle guidance. Um, he's been speaking, me, speaking to me about moving in so many different ways over the last year, and the first time being while I was watching The Voice, and Jennifer Hudson was coaching um, a young singer and told him that everything in her career started to take off when she took a risk and moved away from home and everything that she knew. And it stuck with me. And I can honestly say that was God's first way of speaking to me through Jennifer Hudson on The Voice on a reality TV show. Um, at that point in my life, when I was sitting on the couch, um, I was starting to feel a bit stagnant and a bit trapped. Um, just about all of my friends who have been married for a while and were starting to have kids, um, the conversation turned from careers and dating and hip new restaurants to maternity leave and spats with husbands, neither of which I could participate in. And this led to a deepening of my loneliness and my own longing for my own children. Um, about a week after my birthday last year, I was diagnosed with stage one melanoma. Um, it was fine and we caught it early, but the few weeks of oncologist appointments and testing rattled me. My professional life in the last year started to dip as well. Um, as Nate told you, I'm an uh, immigration attorney and in employment law and the H-1B visa, if any of you know about it, it just got really bad really quick um, for reasons that I probably can't say up on a church stage. Um, so my workload tripled over the last year without any extra help. Um, I was working seven days a week, 60 to 70 hours a week, just trying to keep up, and I wasn't able to keep up with that. I was so burnt out that I was having panic attacks uh, on the work bathroom stall, just crying to myself and rocking on the floor of a public bathroom. Um, I was on the verge of tears at all time. I was beyond irritable. Nobody wanted to be around me. I didn't want to be around me. I stopped leading small group, I dropped out of activities, and I withdrew into survival mode. And this was not the person I wanted to be and not the person I could be. So my parents even staged an intervention for me at one point, and they told me on a fall Sunday, you need to be at our house at 11.30, and if you're not, we'll come find you and take you home ourselves. And they would. Um, 
So I went there and I slept all day. I woke up to go home and slept all night. I was so burnt out and I would have another six months of that schedule before I could find some relief. My prayer was only that I would be sustained, but if I'm honest with everything going on, I was just feeling abandoned by God. In the midst of the season, a theme kept appearing in conversations and people that I knew and books and podcasts, and it was moving away. A person would move away and they would talk about how much they grew as a person because moving away requires a lot, as I'm learning. A woman rebooted her life with her family and sold everything that they had and moved to a new state. God told Abraham to leave his new life, his life and start a new life in a new land. Everything around this topic landed with me. I felt an electric current every time I talked about moving or heard people talk about moving. And I started to wonder, is God asking me to go? I hadn't taken a vacation, a long vacation, in the five years since I graduated law school. Any time with billables that you take off, you have to make up, so I'm just not going to do that. Um, but I convinced myself this past April to take a trip to Egypt and then Israel, and I did that in a specific order. I wanted to experience the route the Jewish people took from moving from slavery to freedom in the Promised Land. I had become a slave to my work and to my loneliness, and I craved freedom from it. At the end of my 11-day trip, I was in Tel Aviv, sitting at an outside restaurant, having a beer, watching people at the farmer's market enjoy their beautiful day. And then God spoke to me, which is weird, because I'm a very visual person, and so usually when God speaks to me, it's through visions, but this was very auditory. And he said, can you find peace here? And I thought, well, duh, yeah, I can find peace here. I've just been off work for 11 days and I'm sitting at a cafe on a beautiful city on the Mediterranean. And he said, no, can you find peace here? And he meant here in my soul. He meant here today, not geographically where I was. Could I find peace with myself and where I was in that moment? And I thought about it and I truthfully replied, yes, I can find peace here. And he told me, then you will know peace in your future. It took a few days to digest this conversation, but I knew at the heart of the question was God's invitation to, for me to trust him with my future. Nerves. I knew when I got back home, it was time to move. It was time to look for a new job. And it was time to find some balance in life, and it was time to spend my energy fighting for what I've always wanted to fight for, justice for the immigrant and protection for the vulnerable. With everything that was going on, I couldn't do employment-based immigration, although it's wonderful. I couldn't do it anymore. I had to get involved, and I had to spend all of my energy doing it. Of course, when it came time to go apply for the jobs, I was terrified. I applied for a few pipe dream jobs in Geneva and The Hague and Europe, the jobs that only Oxford and Harvard graduates get, and I did that on purpose. But I could feel a tug from God saying, no, Sarah, you need to go. So I get about a month of a calm season at work before it starts to ramp up again, and this was right after I got back from my vacation, and so things were getting better at work, and I was leaving on time. And I thought to myself, I don't need to leave because things are better now. So, and I felt a gentle tug. No, you need to go. 
I would go on a date and he'd be great and super cute and maybe he's the one because, oh my gosh, he's so dreamy. No, you need to go. But I'm too tired to look for jobs and I'm exhausted when I get home and I deserve a break and I've been working so long. Sarah, you need to do this. It's not even that I didn't want to move that badly, but the enemy is so imaginative in creating this obstacle course of what God is calling you to do. I couldn't mistake a moment of reprieve for God's lasting relief. I continued on about this way for about a month and found another lofty job in Albany, New York. Sure, why not? I'm not qualified. I'm, I'm really not. This is the one I end up getting. Um, this whole process is going to take about a summer. By then, maybe my boss will have hired some more people, things will have calmed down, and my bluff won't be called. Spoiler alert, it was called. So I applied, and a couple of weeks later, I received an email and then an interview that went pretty well. After the interview, I went on a trip to DC to visit a friend who had moved. And my brother-in-law set up a dinner with me with one of his older friends um, because she had moved away and experienced some of the things that I was about to experience. And it was completely random and very unplanned. But we talked about moving and adventure and following your passion, and she encouraged me to follow my heart and things would be okay. She talked about her own experience and moving in seven days, and she said, all you have to do is say yes to the opportunity in front of you. So a week later, I received the offer, and her words gave me the strength to say yes to the opportunity in front of me. It's a job with the US Committee for Refugees and Immigrants. I get to follow my heart and my passion for protecting the vulnerable. I get to reunite families and speak on behalf of people who've been trafficked and victims of crime. I get to set up refugees with English training and job training and homes and loans. It's my dream job. So over the last year, through all of this, I have found challenge and peace and hope and comfort and adventure in these few verses. Q. Kelly. Yes, okay. So Genesis 12 says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. Hebrews 11. Cool. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things they, prom they were promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. 
admitting that there were foreigners and strangers on earth. It's not hard to see why I was called to these verses specifically. There was the move. Abraham and Sarah were called to be immigrants in a foreign land. My name is Sarah. But what truly called me about these verses is, God's, is the faithful response to God's call. Faith in God for me is a bit like making bread with my mom. God doesn't give us the full picture up front. He didn't tell me back in August that on July 16th, I would be starting a new job in Albany, New York, so you better start apartment hunting before the weekend you believe. He didn't tell Abram where to go either. He just said, go, and I'll let you know when you get there. He said, go, then I'll bless you. Abraham and Sarah had no logical reason to go or to trust God, to leave everything that they knew and follow a God offering unimaginable things that go against all biological sense. And yet they did. I'm not sure I have the faith in making this move. By all means, it doesn't make sense. There are plenty of people and refugees I can help here, plenty of jobs, my support system, my friends. <sighs> Tissue. My adorable home, which is up for sale, so it's showing if anybody needs a home. <laughs> my church, my best friends who just lost their father last week, my little niece and nephew and my sister and brother-in-law. And my parents. And a weather pattern I think I've finally become accustomed to. <laughs> and yet I'm going. Sometimes I feel bad about this lack of faith. Sometimes I tell myself that this is my big opportunity to show the world that I have no doubts because I trust God and he's got me and I know he's there. But that's not the case. Even Sarah laughed when an angel told her that she would bear a child and she's considered a woman of great faith. So I think faith and obedience in the midst of doubt is my fresh bread. God is big. He's really, really, really big and he's relentlessly chasing you, and he can do a lot with just a little faith. And I trust that's the case. I decided I'm going to follow his call and see what happens, see if the promise of knowing peace in my future is true. I'm gonna see if Albany, New York, also called Smalbany, is the place that God will settle me, or if it's just a stop on the journey. And I'm going to go see if I will get to experience the blessings or if, like the ancients, I'll be lucky enough to see the blessings come and welcome them from a distance. Thank you. How awesome is that? Thank you. Welcome. We're going we're gonna to pray for, and we're going to send Sarah. What is so amazing is that, I mean, Sarah's not a normal, but, but this is just a person, this is Sarah's part of our community. And here's a normal person leaning their ear to God through the voice, trips to Egypt, and this, you know, and, and listen, listening to people, right? But you're listening to God. That, that's what you're doing the whole time. And you're allowing God to speak to whomever, whether they know his name or not. You're, you're, you have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? And how encouraged for all of us to know that God directs and leads and guides us. And that means you, right? 
That means you. And so I pray that Sarah's story would encourage you. But I pray that if you haven't heard God speak to you in those simple ways, that it would stir you. Um, and that you would hear the Father say to you that he wants to speak to you. That he wants to direct you. That he wants to guide you. That this is not, um, that you're, 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 um, you're not too far gone, right? There's not something wrong with you. But maybe today you just say, I want, I want to hear too. Maybe not you want to hear that you want to go to Albany. But, I mean, yay. <laughs> but you want what God has. And so, um, Kelly, can you put up that one? You're, the passage grabbed me. The passage in Hebrews where it says that God is the, um, the architect and the builder. Who has, he's the one building the foundation. Can you pull, can you pull that up? That just stuck to me. Um, that he was looking, this is about Abraham. He's looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's what I'm looking for. I, 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 John, I know you're in here. You're an architect, right? Where you at, John? Have you ever read that? That God is the architect and builder? That is so cool. But there's a, and, and it's not mapped out, right? He is the one building the foundation. He's the architect in one that we're going on this journey that God would be directing this. That is awesome. And our role is to say yes to that builder because, we, because he's good. And so... May you say yes to the builder who's had a way better foundation, who's a way better architect and builder, who is God. May we say yes to him. And so before we pray for Sarah, can we, can we do that? Can we just kind of pause and in your soul, in your spirit, in a way that is authentic to you, if you're desiring to hear from God that, because you feel like maybe you're, you're the architect, you're the builder, <laughs> And you're trying to put the foundations and you haven't allowed God to be that? Would you just say, God, come, right? Let, build it. God, say, say yes in whatever way your spirit can to God for him to lay your foundation to be your builder and your architect. Can you do that? And I guarantee God hears those cries of yes to him and begins to respond. And so, Father... Where you're building a foundation upon Jesus. Where you are the architect and builder. God, we say yes to you. Forgive us for just trying to build everything ourselves and struggling, God, to trust you. But we pray, God, that you would hear our yes and you'd open our ears and eyes to see and listen to you so that we can see foundations new building patterns. And you would guide us, God. You would, you would direct these plans that you have for your good future. We praise you that you are not absent, that you are laying foundations, that you are building, and that you are designing. And we say yes to you. Come, Holy Spirit. And God, would, would you hear our Yes. Even if it's just a whisper, would you hear our yes? As Sarah visibly said yes to you, and then you began to show opportunity. So, Lord, as we say yes, would you show us opportunity? Amen.